for teaching on why I fast. You know, we've called you as a church to fasting and prayer. Uh, when we do that, it's not really a suggestion. It is an invitation, but it's like, hey, this is, this is what we're doing. This is what God's doing. You know, when, when my, when my spiritual authority, who is the president of Foursquare, who is our pastor, he's a great pastor, Pastor Glenn Burris says, I want to start the year in prayer and fasting. I don't say, should I pray and fast? I say, Lord, what should I do? Because that's how you respond to spiritual authority in your lives. When there's an invitation, it's an invitation to enter into something good. And when you follow through with the invitation, you're blessed. And so I want to tell you why I fast. I mean, I pretty much fast some sort of fast to start every year. And I fast probably several times throughout the year. Now, I don't go completely without food for 21 days, just to clear that up. I've never done that. haven't done that yet. I mean, look how skinny I am now. Can you imagine? <laughs> of course, that has nothing to do with whether I would or wouldn't. Um, God will sustain me, I pray. Why I fast is because of the Word of God. I mean, it's why I do just about anything is because it's it's in the Bible. And the Bible says some things about fasting. So I want us to go to the Word first. Um, Matthew chapter 9. I don't believe we have the Scriptures on the screen this morning, so you're going to need to flip your Bible or your phone. Matthew chapter 9, verse 14. says this, Then John's disciples came and asked Jesus, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. So what does that mean? Like that's a lot of interesting language there. First of all, we don't use the we don't use the the word bridegroom very often anymore. We use just the word groom, right? There's the there's the bride and the groom. But really it's <laughs> this is the old term. So what Jesus is saying is the husband is here, the this you're betrothed to. Y'all know that that the church gets to marry is marrying Jesus, right? If you're a follower of Jesus, uh, you're now the bride of Christ. Okay, dudes, get used to being a bride. <laughs> Don't have to wear a dress. In fact, I recommend against it, <laughs> personally. Um, but if you're a believer in Jesus, if you just gave your heart to Jesus right now, you're now a part of the bride of Christ. And it says there's going to be a magnificent wedding when Jesus comes back and we're in heaven. And there's going to be, you know, it's going to be this amazing celebration. Uh, and how does that work? How can God himself marry a whole bunch of people? And uh, I don't know. It's spiritual, obviously. It's not physical. It's spiritual. But there's a coming together. And so... Basically, all the all the followers of the of the religious Jewish law of that time were like they would fast, they would they would mourn, they would take time to fast. It says that these were actually John's disciples. 
Who, who's John? John the Baptist. You know, the one that came before Jesus, he was Jesus' cousin, and he, you know, he came before and prepared the way for Jesus, and he had people following him. And so the, these are the guys that are asking Jesus, how come, how come we fast and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples, man, they're just eating and partying all the time. And Jesus says, it's because I'm right here. But there's going to be a time when I'm taken away from them. Then they will fast. So what time are we in now? Then. <laughs> this is the then. There's a then until Jesus comes back. The then is until Jesus comes back. Then they will fast. Is Jesus still with us? Yeah, he dwells with us by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit himself. But Jesus himself is not right here. He's in heaven sitting next to, at the right hand of the throne of God allowing all things to be placed under his feet because he's won all authority. So he's working in all the earth. And so the time of fasting is when Jesus was ascended to heaven. That started the time of say, then they will fast. If you go in the book of Acts, in uh, chapter 13, you'll see, you'll see what the, the early church did. First of all, Jesus himself fasted. Right before he started his ministry, what does it say? In Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4, um, it says that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness and he fasted for 40 days. He didn't eat any food. Just so you know what fasting is, the most basic form of fasting is to not eat food. It really means to abstain from something. It means to go without something. And so fasting is ultimately most logically about food you can fast other things i'm not saying that and i may talk about that in a minute so it says in acts chapter 13 now in the church at antioch there were prophets and teachers barnabas Simeon called niger lucius of cyrene manan who'd been brought up with Herod the tetrarch and saul while they were worshiping the lord and fasting the holy spirit said set apart for me barnabas and saul for the work to which i've called them so after they had fasted and prayed they placed their hands on them and sent them off. So we know that the, the church did this. In other words, it wasn't just Jesus said it. We want to clear it up and say, hey, is this something that they continued to practice after Jesus left? Was this just a, was this just for the Jews? Because there are some things that were just for the Jewish old covenant law. And we have to know, hey, is this a part of the new life with Jesus? You know, Acts 14 and 23, uh, it says this. Or in verse 21, they preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. And Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. So we know that Jesus did it. And we know that the early church did it. And they did it at important times. They, they had seasons where they'd say, we're going to set apart this season to fast and pray. We're going to set apart this season. Hey, we're about to appoint some new leaders. We're going to fast and pray about that. We're about to appoint some new missionaries. We're going to break new ground for the Lord. We're going to fast for that. You know, we're going to have something new in our life. We're, we're going to start that by saying, God, I'm going to spend some extra time with you. I'm going to, I'm going to fast and pray during this season. And so I want us to go back to Matthew. 
So we've kind of quickly established, I know I'm running through this quickly, but we've quickly established that fasting is for the Christian follower of Jesus today. You know, the other thing that, it, that fasting is, it's one of the spiritual disciplines. If you're a disciple of Jesus, that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus, is to be a disciple. There's, there's meant to be certain disciplines in your life in order for you to grow. Now, fasting has kind of been, has kind of got this, this rap about, hey, this is for the super spiritual people, right? I mean, don't you think that? You know, that's for the, that's for the, the big speaker that comes at the conference and we hear about him and he, he fasts and prays for 21 days or 40 days or whatever before the conference of God, so God will do something amazing. And you know, it's for the pastors. Yeah, that's for those pastor guys. I mean, they're, they need to be, I want them to be fasting and praying. You know, I, that's what I'm, I want them to do. That's, that's, that's why I, I'm following their lead in something. I want them to be doing that. And so that's, that's for those people. Hey, the elders, yeah. Elders? Oh yeah, the elders should fast and pray, absolutely. But we get down to where it's like, oh, I'm just a, I'm just a normal person. Well, so am I, but, uh, <laughs> and we go, well, that's, that's for somebody else. And I, I just want, I just want to break that for you and say, this is like a normal, basic discipline of following Jesus Christ. Some of you are looking at me like, uh oh. <laughs> it's like reading the Bible. That's one of the spiritual disciplines is reading the word of God. Worship is a spiritual discipline, not just worshiping with the gathered body of Christ, but worshiping the Lord on your own. That's a spiritual discipline. Why do we call it a discipline? Because it takes discipline to do it. It takes intentionality to do it. You have to make a choice. You don't usually accidentally go into those things. Do you know that like naturally human beings are, we're undisciplined. I mean, that's why, why do you think people make New Year's resolutions? Because we just left December where we were totally undisciplined about everything. Money, food, uh, time, you know, we're used to like not working. We're like, how many of you, when you go back to work, you know, after the holidays and you're like, whoa, five days in a row, you know, <laughs> where's the break in the middle of the week? Or can I get Monday off or something or Friday, a long weekend, you know, that all that's over because we naturally go back to a place where we just do nothing. I don't know if that's the sinful part of our flesh or whatever but i mean we're 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 drawn to be undisciplined to do nothing to not make decisions to just stay how we are and hope it gets better and you know the world tries to change that by saying okay we're going to start the new year we're going to make some resolutions and i think there's nothing wrong with that because it's if you set setting goals is not bad i'm not saying that's good or bad i'm just saying what we should do is say i want to connect with jesus I want to connect with the Lord, and he's going to show me what I need to do. If I need to start a new exercise routine, then then Jesus can tell me that. If he says, hey, lose some weight, then let Jesus tell you that. Don't let the TV tell you that or the mirror tell you that or somebody else tell you that. Let Jesus tell you that. Look, everybody ain't going to look like this. Okay, there's, gen- there's genetics here. I mean, I just want to address that because like some of oh, the skinny, the thin guy up here is talking to us about eating and not eating and all that. Look, it doesn't matter. 
It's about being a healthy person connected to Jesus, and he will increase health in every area of your life, in your relationships, uh, in, in your how you work. He will increase it in your physical body. Every part of your life is meant to be affected by your relationship with Jesus because it's now coming from the spirit to your soul and your body rather than your body and your soul being in charge and your spirit being somewhere down below. That's what happens when you become a follower of Jesus is there's a transfer of who's in charge. Before you come to Jesus, and when you're immature in Jesus, a lot of times it's your body and your soul that runs everything. If you want something, you do it. I felt like it. <laughs> I just wanted to do it. I felt like it felt good. Okay. Well, that that's a, not a good way to live life. <laughs> Some of us have learned that earlier in our lives before we follow Jesus. That, that just doesn't work. That's not profitable. It's not good. You know, what about, what if I just go with what I feel? My emotions, my soul is what I feel and what I desire. Um, you know, and I just, I just make the choices to follow my feelings. That doesn't seem to work out either. <laughs> my wife says that doesn't, that never works out. I'm just, I'm just going to go with that. Listen, I would listen to my wife. <laughs> That's what Jesus says, right? Uh, <laughs> but when you become a, a follower of Jesus, now it's meant, now Jesus comes and sits on the throne of, of the, your spirit, your innermost being, your heart. And now he's, now he's the master, and we have to learn to follow the new master. Because you know what? My body and my soul haven't changed yet. My feelings are still the same. My body still has the same desires. There's nothing that, that has happened. There's just been a change of ownership of who has the key to the house, who has the key to the, to the room that's in charge. And so Jesus now has the key, but he won't force himself on you. Have you noticed that Jesus doesn't force you to do anything? He won't, he won't make you do anything. He will invite you. He will ask you. He might plead with you. He can, you know, he can command you, but he's not, he's not going to actually make you do it himself. He's going to, he's going to say, you have to respond. I mean, if Jesus made everybody do everything, he'd just make everything perfect right now. That's not love. God can't do that because that's not love. He wants, he wants a love relationship. If, if there's coercion and manipulation and exertion of authority to force you into something, that's no longer love. That's slavery. He doesn't want slaves. He wants friends. Now, when we, when we become a friend of Jesus, guess what? We go, you know what? I am a slave of Jesus, like Paul said. But we're willingly a slave of Jesus Christ. We're not forced into slavery. I willingly submit my life to him. I willingly surrender to him and say, you are my Lord. Now, one of the best way in my physical body, I'm not guaranteeing that for you. I'm not just, this is not a formula. I'm just saying there's, there's many times where it's all it takes is a shift of focus in other words, I'm now saying my spirit is in charge of my, my body. And so I'm putting my spirit in charge, and now my body doesn't have the final say about what I'm feeling or thinking or doing. 
My spirit now has the final say about what I'm feeling, thinking, or doing. It's my connection with Father God that determines what that is. You know, Jesus, when he finished that question for the disciples of John, he said, you know, he said, how can they fast when the bridegroom's with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. And then Jesus said this, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, and the wine will run out, and the and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. What is what is Jesus basically saying there? He's using some illustrations from, from that time period. He was saying this, I'm doing something new. It's a very simplistic understanding of that, but basically what he's saying is the old way is now going to be gone. If you thought you were earning your way to God, it's over. It's over. We have to know. I mean, there's... Okay, I'll tell you. I'm closing. I know I've told this story before, but there's there's so many here who don't who I've never seen before. So I'm just going to tell you this. You know, when I was younger, man, I was one of those spiritually. I'm still young, but when I was even younger, <laughs> when I was really young, like my early 20s, man, I was a pretty. I was just a hardcore spiritual person. I mean, that's what I thought anyway. Man, I was serious, and everybody else wasn't. Okay, that was the problem with this. Being serious is not a problem. Did you, did you get that? It's that last line. The, and everybody else wasn't. So, you know, in my mind, I was, you know, so I was like, I'm going to fast every Wednesday for a whole year. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to do this. Now, I didn't ask Jesus about this. I didn't say, Jesus, do you want me to fast every Wednesday for a year? I just said, I'm going to do this. And so every Wednesday, for a whole year, because I am the type of person that does check the box, I did it <laughs> every single Wednesday. You know what would happen every Tuesday? And I would only have one thing. I'd have either some water and then at lunch, for some reason, I would drink a soda because I needed some energy. <laughs> okay? Haven't you heard this story before? <laughs> I bring my can of soda. To work, I was working a nine to, you know, well, eight to five job or whatever it was at the time. Uh, I was working a quote unquote normal five day a week job, Monday through Friday. You go in at eight, you get at lunch from 12 to one, you work from one to five or until you're done, you leave. So I would go to work and get my, get my soda and I'd go sit in my car, drive and park somewhere shaded because I was in Austin, Texas and it was hot and humid, uh, sometimes in the summer and I would drink my, my soda, and I would try to pray. Man, when I got through part of the year, I don't remember what part of the year, when Tuesday would come, it'd be like, oh, no, it's Tuesday. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, what's that mean? You know what Tuesday means? Tuesday means tomorrow is Wednesday. <laughs> and Wednesday is going to be rough, man. This is going to be hard. This is, oh, I'm not going to be eating the whole day, and I'm like 21 years old, and I'm a young man, and I need lots of calories. 
And this one can of soda is not cutting it. Yeah, I should have been drinking something more healthy, like a nice smoothie, right? Or they didn't have those back then. It was, it was too long ago. Um, so I, I tell you the story of this. The, the point of the story is this. It's not about you just deciding to do something and try to earn something from God. Because I've done that before. And you know what? God says, hey, that's, that's, that's nice. I mean, there's some, maybe some personal discipline that you're using, you're getting. There's, there's some just basic benefits. But if Jesus doesn't invite you into it, there's not going to be much spiritual benefit. You know, there's not going to be, you know, it, it can be physically good. Just like it's physically good probably to abstain and change your diet and do all those different things for a season or do cleanses or whatever, you know. All those things can be good physically, but we're talking about spiritual things here. This is about this is about our spiritual life. When the Holy Spirit says, I'm calling you to this, he will give you grace to do it. I'll tell you, it's not going to be easy, but you will have the grace of God with you. I find that when I am fasting in obedience to the Lord, he gives me grace to do whatever I sense him calling me to do, whether that's just skipping a bunch of meals or a couple of days without food or a certain diet like a like a Daniel fast where you just eat just vegetables, fruits, and nuts or no sugar fast where you eat no fruits and no nothing hardly and uh, only meat and vegetables or whatever you're going to do. You know, there can be all kinds of forms of that. But the point is this, is I'm setting that aside and I'm taking extra time to commune with my father. And when my, when my flesh gets the memo, when my body gets the memo, you're not my master anymore. You're not my master anymore. Jesus is now in charge. Jesus sits at the throne of my heart, and what he says goes. So when he says, stop this, then I stop it. You know, Pastor Jack Hayford is, I'm closing with this. I'm really closing now. Uh, Pastor Jack Hayford is a famous four-square pastor. He's written tons of books. He's now in his 80s. He's been the president of all kinds of, our denomination, all kinds of, you know, organizations and done all kinds of things. But a long, long, long time ago in his spiritual walk, God said, God said to him, I want you to abstain from two things. And one's going to sound easy and one's going to sound hard. He said, God, God told him, this is for him personally, said this, for the rest of your life. So that sometimes God may say, guess what? This fast is forever or until heaven. He said, no alcohol. And no chocolate. I gotcha. <laughs> no, it's in, in all honesty. He said when he was seeking God and God was calling him to the ministry and entering the ministry, God said, here's two things that are to be, you know, you, you, you aren't to touch these for you personally. He never said this isn't for the whole church. This is not the way to follow Jesus. He just said, this is what God told me. No alcohol, no chocolate. Now, why would God do that? I don't know. But I can tell you that I've met Pastor Jack Hayford, and I've heard him speak, and I've seen the fruit of his ministry, and that man knows God. That man knows Father God. And if Father God said, no more chocolate, it's good. 
I'm not trying to give you a word. That's not a prophetic word. Everybody's like, oh, Jesus, please no. (laughs) I will give up anything else, oh, Lord. (laughs) You don't ever pray that prayer like, please, not this, Lord. He's like, really? (laughs) God's going to do something good. Who knows? Maybe there's, maybe for Pastor Jack's body, God says, in order for your health to last all of your days, you just have to not eat chocolate. It's just the way I know your body. I know what's going to happen. And you, this is, maybe it was just a point of obedience where God says, you're just going to surrender this to me. This is, this is your, you're, you're surrendering this to me to follow me. But the point is, is that Jesus invited him into something and says, step into more with me. And that's what Jesus does when he invites us to fast. And so if you've never done that, there's there's brochure out there that talks about fasting. If you want to talk to me or one of our other leaders, we could tell you more. But I encourage you, pray and ask the Lord, what what should what should I fast? How sh- how should I how should I commune with you uh this season to start this year? Let's 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 pray. Let's stand. If you want to stand up, let's stand. Lord, we just invite you to speak to us right now. That's our that's our only heart's cry, really, is, God, that we would hear your voice. We would have you speak to us. Our one word from you can change everything. And so we, we invite you, Lord, really not just for 21 days. We don't want just 21 days with Jesus and then... Or 30 days with Jesus in the Word, and then, well, that was nice. Now I got the rest of the year to myself. Uh, Lord, we, we just want this to draw us closer in. And we want to learn what it means to be true followers of Jesus. That we're not immature, that we're not stunting our growth in any way, but we're just, we're being healthy. And so we choose to hear from the Spirit of God, who's bringing wholeness into our lives each and every day who's inviting us into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of blessing, life, sacrifice, passion, death to self, taking up our cross and following Him, redemption, freedom, all of it. Show us how to enter in to commune with You more. God, teach us I pray that you teach every person in here personally that you would show them the benefit of this spiritual discipline of fasting, God. It can change our lives. It can change change the direction and trajectory of our life. Who knows what God, what you will do, God, in a season when we're seeking you. And so, Lord, we will seek your face. Give us grace, God, to continue to follow you with love and desire that you put in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.